Welcome back, thinkers, to Season 5, Episode 4 of Thinking Critically. Thank you ever so much for continuing to support the show and coming back and your patience. I know it's been a while. 2023 has been a wild ride and doesn't seem to be slowing down. I know I say that every uh, episode, but here we are. However, is uh, my way of an apology, uh, this episode is A, not only fantastic as they all are, but B, a little bit of a bumper episode. You've got several guests. It's a little bit over an hour, so you've got a little bit more meat to get your teeth into with this one. Otherwise, in other news, I shortly will be taking over DM duties for the Dungeons, Dice and Dudes actual play podcast that I was a player in. Our first campaign there has just recently come to a close, and I will be letting our beleaguered DM take a break and uh, have a seat on the other side of the screen for a little while as I run through my Rayandor campaign. Something I've run in various ways before, however this is the, the first kind of proper formal streamed version. So keep your eyes on all DDND pod social accounts, follow them on Twitch. I will be tweeting when I start to go live and have to DM on camera in person for the first time in quite some time. <laughs> Not nervous at all, but otherwise great group of guys, great group of players. And I can't wait to get back in to the, the seat in person. Otherwise, that's it for the updates. Let's get on with the show. And today I'm joined by Glenn, Matt, Mike and John once more. Thank you ever so much for joining us today, guys. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, hi. Um, hi, Danilo. Thanks for thanks for having me back. My name's John, and the the other three reprobates are my my lads. Glenn's the eldest. Mike's the second eldest, and Matt's the youngest. I'm a gamer. I love gaming. I love all sorts of games. And yeah, I've been playing since I was thirteen, and I was fifty seven this year. So been playing a while. A DM player. I much prefer to play. But um, I, I do like a DM as well. So uh, that's me. Hi, um, I'm Glenn. I have been a massive fan of high fantasy for quite a long time. And I spent quite a few years as a play, a D&D player and recently have taken up some DMing stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm Mike and D&D was the first game that I fell in love with. And it's thanks to my family. I would say I'm more of a DM than a player, simply because when we were growing up, someone had to do it. And I loved <laughs> being in the spot where I could create and help tell stories. And all these little storyboards in my head could come out with my friends and family at the table. So that's me. Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm Matt. And very similar to Mike, I... You know, I got into D&D and gaming in general pretty much down to my family. I started playing D&D probably when I was about maybe 10, 11 years old. I'm very much firmly uh, a player. I've never really delved into being a DM very much, but I just have way too much fun as a player. So I stick to that. Yeah. And that's about it, really. The rest is history, as they say. 
<laughs> Fantastic. I was worried then for a moment we were all just going to be like, I'm forever DM, forever DM, forever DM, forever DM. And I was like, oh, we're going to have sparks are going are gonna to fly. Uh, but no, we've, we've got a nice, a nice mix. And of course, regular listeners of the show will recognize John from the Ravenloft episode a couple of weeks ago. And of course, we met at the, uh, the Faversham RPG Gaming Festival. Oh, God, yeah. that's, that's probably a long time ago now. But oh, time... it does seem a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, uh, time flies. So it's my pleasure to have you back on the show and to bring your whole uh, entourage with you today. Of course, today's topic is appropriately generations. So, open floor, gentlemen. What does that mean to you in the D and D and wider TTRPG framework? Start with Dad. Let's just start with Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, brief synopsis: generations. So, my dad used to buy a game a month or every couple of weeks basically when he got paid i think he was paid every two weeks so he would buy a game whether that be monopoly or or something like that and he came home one day with with this little little red box with some funny shaped dice a crayon and a couple of books and um basically started learning about this and and running it for myself and my brother uh, my brother's four years younger than me and um, that's kind of where it started. And um, my dad was playing right up to the point where, um, where he passed away. I mean, obviously he wasn't playing when he passed away, but that would have been really cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But he was um, very metal. <laughs> yeah, that is really metal. That's to be fair. That's the way I want to go. You know, they can, they can take me when they can take the dice from my cold dead fingers. And um, he was um, he was into his early seventies, so. That was there. And then obviously I took the game on and then more Mike and Matt came into it. Um, and I started playing with, with them and then Glenn and that's kind of filtered down. And interest, interestingly enough, I, I only currently game with Matt. Matt's in my regular Wednesday game. Um, Mike obviously is in California, so it's a little bit difficult, mm. but, um, Glenn and I have, have only ever really done a few few sessions together, haven't we? Yeah, it's, only a few, yeah. Yeah, but it's, but it's different play styles. My play style is very different to, to their play style. But it's that generation. So you've got three generations here playing the world's oldest role-playing game sort of thing, you know, 50 years old. And um, um, it comes down those generations. It's, it's still moving on, still moving on. I was, I was wondering if I might be able to step in for a sec, Dad. I find it actually quite interesting how you say that because certainly from my experience of D&D from when I first started playing, you know, 10, 11 years old up until now, it's very, very interesting for me because I look back on it and I've I've kind of experienced a whole variety of, of different games, editions and play styles. Um, when I first started sort of sitting in and actually learning about D&D prior to actually playing it I remember sitting around with um you dad granddad and and effectively I think it was like the the famous Saltmarsh 6 play group that I was watching and that I believe correct me if I'm wrong dad was uh second edition AD&D yeah so I I started with that um I caught the very tail end of second edition I then started playing probably you know, sort of dabbling in scenarios and one shots at third edition. The majority of my main involvement really started and I got heavily into it at 3.5. Yeah. 
and then obviously as the years went on, fourth edition came out and 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 then now fifth edition. So yeah, I started with some very watching some very old school second edition, you know, and and Ooh. seasoned players by that point. And as I've developed my own experience and time through D and D, you know, I've played with brand new players. I've played with all season players and and people who are all all in between, passing it down to the, the especially the new players who are my age uh, and actually convert starting to convert other people into playing D&D yeah it's been quite fascinating to watch I don't know about you Glennon but um yeah that's 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 been my sort of whirlwind ride about it yeah I mean not really sure how to add to that really <laughs> I suppose thinking about the whole generations thing yeah I think the first the very first D&D game I remember playing was when John was DMing it, and I still remember we, we there was this bit where we were going in this house basically, and um, we we done a bit of looting, and I remember that my character picked up this thing that basically looked like a dagger in a scabbard or in a sheath, and then started drawing this. Start, uh, my character starts drawing this dagger out, and it actually turns out to be a sword. I don't know if you guys remember that as well, but we ended up fighting an elemental in the kitchen. Dude, I, it's coming like. Bells, like I do, I do think I remember something. I think that's probably my my first. Go ahead. My first memory of D and D, and then I think the second game I probably did was when Mike was DMing, and we had this sort of like we're at this sort of coastal town type thing. Basically, had to like swim under the town to try and like through the sewage system to try and figure out what was going on there because it was completely deserted. Turns out it was zombies. Of course, as, as most good stories end up with. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Like, when in doubt, <laughs> zombies. Um, just look at Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> so the, the the people that have sort of got, that gradually got me into D&D were, were John and, and, and Mikey. And from there, we, we sort of eventually went into the um, to Mikey's campaign, which was about four, four or five years long. Wow. That, yeah. that, was, a, that was a pretty, it's, that was a pretty awesome. Technically and... still going. Technically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hasn't found a definitive ending just yet. Um, although, you know, although it, it did end in a good place. Yeah, we we had we had quite a good end game there, didn't we? We sort of started off as low level drug runners to then overturning a government, <laughs> which is, which is um, cool. Yeah, and yeah. and and I th- I think the the ultimate pinnacle really actually wasn't anything to do with my character personally, but. I think actually the highlight of that sort of campaign was actually um, my granddad. He, he had long said that in a D&D game, he always wanted his character to ride a dragon. Uh, however that turned out to be, he, he, he wanted his character to ride a dragon. And he, he finally got to do that. And by, by that point, I don't know, he'd been playing D&D for something like, you know, 35, nearly 40 years and 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 he finally managed to do that and and mm. I actually got to play that session with him so I think that was that was actually probably the biggest highlight for me from that campaign yeah han han was a really brilliant character and yeah I think it's you know that pacifist you alchemist pacifist alchemist yeah. who had a massive ha- habit of blowing the roof off buildings um, well okay. he, 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 <laughs> han's lab was the only building in the universe that had a hinged roof <laughs> you just put the roof back onto the house. 
but the th- the thing is as well is like he was always yeah very much this pacifist sort of idea and you know oh it's okay we can just run away you know he makes all these jokes about like hoiking his robes up to leg it and actually <laughs> ends up being handier in quite a lot of the fights quite a lot of the sort of acrobatics and stuff like that you know he's playing this sort of re- elderly alchemist character and i remember one bit towards the end of mikey's campaign or towards the sort of climax so to speak of mikey's campaign where he literally just pirouettes down this rope like a ballerina like mm. rolls an at well, what is essentially an at 20 in second ed money yeah and, and the rest of us had tried gone down this rope and three of us had like completely fallen off it like and just <laughs> gone flat on the floor i think the rogue got landed on by the fighter who was wearing full plate armor it's um a bit squishy <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He had um, he had a hinged roof, um, as you say, simply because if you if you create a box that and something blows up inside it, if there isn't an outlet for it, it's called a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a hinged roof, and um, uh, he described himself as no eyebrows with a permanent startled expression. <laughs> and he, he his character Han lives on in in all our campaigns. Uh, even in my Wednesday group, even when we were running Dragon Heist, we were, uh, well, a friend of mine was running Dragon Heist, and I was I was playing. Han's shop is in Dragon Heist. Oh. We've put it in there. So generational. My dad's character is is still there. Yeah. So that's yeah yeah, yeah that's that's that, nice. That's, so, that's nice. That, that's I've, so cool. I've kind of also I, I I naturally kind of because my granddad was obviously such a big part of me coming into D&D along with my dad um I have also taken to using his dice as well so oh you know uh, it, it, they they always say it's luck of the dice and I I must admit my dice roll a little bit better but at the end of the day they're my granddad's <laughs> dice and so I'm just like you know what if they're my granddad's dice my granddad's playing with me so that's good enough for me that is a the most sentimental I've ever been on the show. <laughs> we're we're into entering da- dangerously mushy territory right now, yeah, if I'm thinking critically. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, I was just going to say, Danilo, you, you found out quite a lot from that very short exposition, the character of Han. Mm. Like, you kind of have an idea of who he was and who my granddad was. Mm. Yeah, still carries on. Wanted to ride a dragon. He's more useful in every situation and he never wants to fight anybody. And, you know, yeah, he's got a shop in a whole different world. And, mm. and yeah, he's still, and he's still there. So that's, that's generational. That's, you know, it's, it's cool, man. So absolutely. It's, yeah, I, well, I, nothing for me. I'm, I'm like first generation D&D player. So I'm, <laughs> it's, it's very much an alien tome to my parents. Uh, it may as well be hieroglyphics in a, some very templed somewhere. So, <laughs> but that is, I, I often think that really good player characters, you know, you can see the player in within those characters there, there, mm. there is a, a, a little bit of a mirror in, in the best player characters to the person who's playing them. So that is a, a great way to, to honor that memory for sure. And, I wanted to then ask, in which case, if it's not too presumptuous, uh, any of the, the the three of you planning on continuing that generational trend downstream, as it were? Oh, that's that's an interesting one because um, my youngest daughter actually games with with Glenn fairly irregularly. I think you play fairly irregularly, but she actually plays along. Yeah, and my son-in-law. Who's, who's with my eldest daughter 
he wants to get into D&D. I've run a few games for him and he, he quite likes it, but he's, he's training to be an air pilot at the moment, so that kind of takes precedence. Yeah, his, his daughter's um, coming up for two now. So right, okay. The girls want to get her into ponies and horses, <laughs> and we're going to get her into gaming. <laughs> well, yeah. Mounts, mounts exist in D&D. That's what more it's ponies and horses. Yeah, absolutely. No. I think actually, um, personally, for me, when I I do eventually get around to having having kids of my own, um, then yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent D and D is going to be a topic on the table for sure. Um, <laughs> but I I, it, I just feel like you're just already like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> day one. No, yeah, no, th- yeah, day one. D and D, you shall. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the kid's born, just shove some dice in his hand. <laughs> yeah. I think what's actually quite good though is um so my uncle Tony, um, he's got three kids of his own. So they're my uh I believe they're my little cousins, if my family tree mm. thingy is correct. Yes. Um but yeah, so they are I think they're eleven, nine and seven and uh something like that. And and they are Tony's been already training them in D and i think uh callum who's the middle one you know he's actually already starting to dive into you know actually running his own scenarios and dming and he's not even 10 years old yet yeah <laughs> so yeah i i think uh yeah f- for me 100 percent is it's going to be on the table but um yeah my i think my uncle has kick-started that already for mm-hmm. the youngsters which is which is obviously i think is a brilliant thing mm. For those of you who don't know, there are, I, I bought, uh, the only reason I asked that question is because I'm guilty of this in, in, a, in a roundabout way, but you can get, for very young kids, like one, two, threes and ABCs books that are D&D based. Really? So, so, so as soon nice. as I saw those, I bought two of each. <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> uh, and and a, pair, a pair went to my nephew and a pair went to my goddaughter. And yes. <laughs> the, the, the parents of which are neither in any way related to like have any appreciation of D other than that's something danilo does at some point um yeah. and so seeing them that's open it, the book and being like what's what's this danilo <laughs> and i'm like it'll teach them how to count and also about like archery and stuff too uh it's super cool uh <laughs> so oh my god yeah so, so, that. some things are a little bit like esoteric because it's like d for dungeon and that's a couple of layers of like language yeah. they have. You kind of have to fight your way through to really understand <laughs> what's happening there. Uh, but other, mommy, other things mommy are simpler. Wants a dungeon? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other, other things are simpler. But um, so yes, for those those who are interested, you can get those. And once you get over that initial, what is this download? They the kids love it. So uh, mm. I'm 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 doing my best to keep it going where I can. <laughs> Whether the parents um, are happy or not, I don't know. <laughs> I, am, I am so getting a set of those. I'll give you. I'll give you the link. I'll put it in the episode. And uh, yeah, do that. Not, not affiliated yeah. either. I'm just. It's just great. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. I will, I will say one. Well, the, well, the parents that my my goddaughter he is about the least what you would consider a nerdy person ever. Although I say that, and he is like a finance manager, so I, I guess it cuts both ways. But um, <laughs> he had no appreciation at all. Was very like okay. you've what was a weird present and then the next day sending me photos of her reading it and being like she loves the bright colors she loves this like unicorns there's pictures of like you know fairies and dragons and stuff and they, they they're all over it so and now my foot's in the door so mm. that's great i take it, it <laughs> um, i take it with this abc 
Dungeons and Dragons books, they've they've removed all the gratuitous violence and um, <laughs> needless slaughter that often encompasses <laughs> said game. I don't. I don't think M is for murder, hobo. No, I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very murder much a Saturday hobo. morning cartoon filter of D and D. But A is for assassination. <laughs> Political intrigue. What the hell is, what the hell is this? Oh, that's, oh, that's brilliant! I didn't know what's that. Uh, what sound does an owlbear make when they do an audiobook <laughs> version? <laughs> I know that's the sound the other are. guy makes. <laughs> 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 that owlbear, though, that, you know, much. One of my distinct memories was, was an owlbear thing. You know, something again, my our grand generational something that's passed on uh, styles of DMing, styles of playing that owlbear just triggered a memory for me where we're starting off with young little adventurers, you know, Oh yes, I have a sword. I have a bow. I'm going to go, we're going to go do a thing. And there's an owlbear and we're, we're all, you know, the young adventurers are like, Oh yes. Well, we're going to smite you. And it just goes really badly. And one of the, th- that was something that came out of the way that we play. Like, you know, you were talking about the running away, hoisting up your skirt and things like that. Well, yeah. one of the things about playing that got passed on is one, a borderline healthy sense of humor. And two, the fact that you can put things into a game and they don't necessarily have to be nice and friendly for everybody. Yep. Mm. And that got that came down as well. Because I remember playing with you, Dad, as well. It was, uh, it was a one-off, just me and you around the table. And I, pl- I, was, I was playing as my dwarf, um, Ulfgar, and... He, it was this little town, a little house, whatever, and a portal opens up, and some big, there's big bad moment, and the Salt Marsh Six come running through, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, nice. I'm gonna help fight. You remember that? The Salt Marsh Six come running. So talking of recurring characters, my grand, mm. you know, my dad, my granddad DM'd the Salt Marsh game, and then my dad is in the Salt Marsh, and now he's DMing, and he's bringing the Salt Marsh into me. And there's a moment, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to fight with the Salt Marsh Six. And Dad goes, you should run away. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> He's like, run away. We're, go. And I'm like, and I'm computing, but it's like so immersive in that world where you meet these legends, because they are legends to us. Anybody outside of this conversation is not going to really know. I mean, there are a few, right? Like Adam and people and Tony. But outside of that, like the Salt Marsh Six are are legendary. They're like the not the Avengers, but on that level of awesomeness, right? And my little guy and my moment, my brain, and I went. You woke them up. You actually woke them up. Yeah, yeah, you did because you went. If I remember correctly, you went through the portal, or you were sucked through the portal, or something happened, and you ended up, and they were they were asleep on this kind of like this. Valhalla style area. I mean, the Salt Marsh Six go right. way back to, to second edition, you know, and they were the original six characters. There was my dad DMing, me, um, my brother, and Daryl, Adam, Daryl, Adam, Dave. No, no, it wasn't them. They came in afterwards. Um, but we played two characters each ah. because you had a party of. If there's only two of you playing, you've got a party of four. And, you know, if there's three mm. of you playing, you've got a party of six. We were playing two characters each. And I, ha- I had the cleric and I had the fighter. My brother had the mage and the rogue. And I 
think Steve played, it was basically a murder hobo tank. <laughs> That's pretty much what he played because um, that was him. And, um, yeah, these characters started off a second edition and they rose through the ranks and we started off in a little town called Saltmarsh, which, of course, now has been reinvented mm. with the ghost of Saltmarsh. And yeah. if you read some of the history about Saltmarsh, this is really weird because we played it, you know, and we put it away and we didn't really think about it. And the game has moved on and Forgotten Realms, Faron and all the rest of it. And if you read up on Saltmarsh now, it's run by six ex-adventurers, <laughs> which is bizarre. Mm. It also has a large wall around it and has grown in size to be this like mini trading met metropolis which is exactly what we did to it in the game, but completely unconnected <laughs> mm. to, to Wizards of the Coast or TSR at the time. So it was really quite bizarre reading. But, yeah, I remember Ulfgar. Yeah, he, he might be woke a couple of people up and he, you went on the adventures with him. I think I touched something through. I wasn't supposed to and it all went really yeah, well. Yeah, and you came through and, and um, we said you should run and you kind of went, why? I said, well, we're running and we're harder than you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's, it's, well, where is it? Well, we're not chasing it. Let's put it like that. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's the, the generational thing. That's again, three that word. Uh, could you argue that that's three generations in one play session? That is, isn't it? But with, yeah, yeah, absolutely. With, with, two pe with two people and I, that sort of thing. I, I, I love that, you know, and obviously what we're here to talk about and, and that's perfect example of, of how that's affected our playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we were talking earlier on about play styles. So mm -hmm. Matt plays with me in a Wednesday game and his play style is similar to mine. In one of our games, we actually have a couple of half orc uh, fighters, which we, which we rolled up separately, you know, as you do. And then we suddenly realized we've got these two half orc fighters that are basically just, murder hobo tanks um <laughs> yeah which we were so we decided they were going to be brothers <laughs> yep yeah and, brilliant and, um and pretty much they they don't speak a lot but what they do say is bastards <laughs> so normally, in orcish yeah in orcish so the, we're trying to figure out what the orcish word for bastard is um and so there's, there's so there's me and my son playing these two tanks with the other players you know going around us uh, but they're Mike's obviously in California, so it is really difficult to, to yeah. game with him regularly. But his campaign, your world that you built, was completely homebrew. And he was playing with Glenn. And obviously, Matt was in that as well. But I was never really part of that. I think I've played a few sessions, but I was never really part of that. And it's what they've done. Yet yeah. Mike's built all that up as homebrew. Glenn, you've done a lot of homebrew. Yeah. Matt's not done any DMing at all, really. I've done a lot of DMing, but I actually don't like homebrew. Yes, I think you mentioned before. So yeah, I don't. I don't but so you've you've got three boys and what have you mm. that that their their play styles are, you know, quite polarized. Yeah, I mean, with that you say about uh, the homebrew, for me personally, I don't like homebrew particularly for for one sort of main reason. Um, I mean, I. <laughs> I love homebrew because you get all the added extras. So you can make all these wacky characters you can make, or, you know, player characters, even um, you can, you know, you can add all this really, really cool 
awesome stuff to it. But the main bit that I don't like with homebrew is because you've got all that all you know awesome cool stuff in it. For me, it just slows the game down a bit too much because you're constantly having to look for these things and you're looking through like extensions of manuals mm. for like you know what these things do and the characters of what they do their abilities whereas for me i really do enjoy a nice smooth running slick gameplay which i find you know it just goes it just plays best with all the shall we say stock mm-hmm. content that comes with the additions and, and and what have you and and the scenarios but yeah, that's just me. Um, so in, in terms of characters, I think there are a lot of people out there who have certain characters that they always enjoy playing. But for me, I've always ad- tried to adapt to a different class. I've always, you know, I've, I've played pretty much all of them. Rogues, wizards, fighters, barbarians, mm-hmm. um, you name it. I've tried it. I think probably the only one I haven't tried over the years actually is a paladin. Wow. <laughs> or a bard, or a bard actually. But um for instance, my main character uh, in Mike's campaign, Isha, he was good fun to play. Uh, he he was a very if he was if he was an alcoholic drink, he, he would be an absolute shit mix. Um, <laughs> he, he was he was six foot six, um, built like a brick Kazi, um, was a was a Bible bashing cleric. You know, when he wasn't wearing his full plate armor and his tower shield and wielding a massive giant mace in his hand, you know, he'd wander around with this, you know, tome of, of all these cat. prayers and everything else. And it was like, you know, it was like eight, six to eight inches thick. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he'd just literally have it in, in one hand and just flipping through pages, reading as he's walking around and conversing with people. Here's the thing about that. I, I just want, I'm going to step in. Now, I can picture Isha. I can see Isha. I can also see Seabor. Okay. I don't know if you talked about Seabor just there. I don't think we've talked about Seabor. No. Seabor, my character, is, is, is a recurring tank character. Yeah. There is a Seabor in virtually every campaign yeah. I've played. Seabor, Seabor Senior, Daz Uber Seabor, <laughs> Daz Panzer Seabor. Yeah. And Mark then, Four. That's, yeah. And and that's and so I can I I can picture this is one of the things about loving to be a DM and we're talking about styles and I told you about just enjoying being at the DM spot at the table, like I saw Isha and I saw him start from this young guy who was just kind of on a journey to find an art. like because I think your backstory is you you travelled from a far away you travelled from an off another continent to search for an artifact to bring back something holy. And then you go off and five years later, you're running like essentially the NHS. You've, you've built, (laughs) you've built a healthcare system in the world, which is crazy. (laughs) And then, I mean, Seabor, Seabor, I know exactly Seabor, but Seabor is like Leroy Jenkins, but you know, like OG, OG, you know? (laughs) And then of course, Glenn, you've got the, the, the red leaf, Castan red leaf, the the wolf uh, with his story arc and finding love and finding like a journey <laughs> with if i can share the information raven who is yep. your real world uh wife now congratulations yep. by the way Thank you. I miss, you know <laughs> yeah. obviously being away but you know th- that journey was so awesome to see and i was so again sentimental mushy but like i when you carried that on into your own world and the, ra- the wolf and the raven like that that came from an off not an off cut but like it could have been something that just stayed in a D game 
Yeah. Mm. And it could have just stayed something, but you really built a bond over that. And talking about players infecting their characters with something, you know, whether it's that humor or Mm -hmm. wisdom. And, you know, Glenn and Holly, you know, you guys brought yourselves into the characters and there was things in the in the games that you would do for each other and you built this real world believable thing yeah and that's the greatest feeling as a dm because we can talk about that and just like we talk about the salt marsh six and and harm i think in 20 30 years we could be sitting at a table um whether we're i'm there for christmas or you're there i'm you're here for thanksgiving whatever it is whatever the scenario Oh, do you remember when? Yeah, you remember yeah. when we did that with, with Raven and and Redleaf? They were they did this, and your, you know your, your two your two totems, your two icons within the game were the centerpieces for your wedding cake. They were, yeah, weren't they? Oh yes, wow, yeah. Okay, so I think I think as well on the topic of that and with recurring characters and stuff like that but also i i don't know how much of this you might have discussed um when you had just my dad on the show down low but um i think also one of the 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 biggest and possibly the best things actually about dnd and and in terms of recurring things in dnd he's got to be the jokes (laughs) we've got in jokes that are you know obviously unique to us as players friends family parties you know gaming parties and that there are still jokes that are coming down from you know when my dad and my granddad and my uncle first started playing and in their early years of playing and we still reference them now yeah yeah generational (laughs) jokes quick quick generational jokes quick fire pick one joke each i'm gonna go with the abyss donkey Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Every, see, everyone was thinking the abyss. When you were saying that, here's here's what I just here's so, what I was. Yeah, everyone was thinking the abyss donkey. <laughs> so, so just just for um, so just for context, Danilo, mm-hmm. I have to explain the abyss. What the abyss donkey is? It is the most fearsome creature that has ever existed. I'd expect nothing less with a name like that. You th- you thought a tarisk was so, bad. So 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 we're playing. I mean, the salt marsh, the salt marsh six days. This is second edition AD and D, and there's there's a party and. As you do, you end up saying, oh, we've got to go to the seven planes of hell and we've got to go to the abyss to fight the bad guy. Yeah, yada, 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 mm-hmm. rhubarb. So anyway, the party's, you know, moseying down these the underdark, fighting off drow and spiders and, and all the rest of it. And we're going across this lava bridge, this rickety old bridge above this boiling lava pit. Think, 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 Shrek when they go yeah. to the tower to rescue Fiona. For everybody yeah. who's a lot younger <laughs> watching this, and, think um, Shrek. Keep going, keep going, keep yeah. going. And um, the, Daryl, a friend of mine, um, he he had a druid, and he was in charge because he's a druid. He he was in charge of the animals, so he had the donkeys and and all the rest of it. So we're getting halfway across this bridge, and it's starting to fall apart. And we said, "Quick, we need some rope. You know, maybe we can tie it together and whatever." Where's the rope? Has anybody got? No, well, no, we took all our backpacks off because you don't go into the abyss with a full backpack on. Well, no, of course you wouldn't. No, that would be stupid, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. So, so where are all the backpacks? And they're like, well, they're on the donkey or the donkeys. And we're like, all oh, right, okay, so where are the donkeys? And there was this confused look around the table. And my dad, who was running, went, what did you do with the donkeys? And we're like, 
Well, we didn't. We've still got them with us. <laughs> so so we're, we're the only party probably in existence that has taken our pack mules to the seven planes of hell. <laughs> and and we were trying to struggling to get this rope off this donkey. And the donkey has fallen through. Oh, no. Um, fallen through the bridge. So Daryl the Druid is is hanging on to the hanging on to the halter of this donkey. Don't you die he's on fa- me! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't die on me. Um, and, and the donkey's gone down, and he's he's gone through the bridge, and he's hanging on, and we're hanging on to him, and all our kit, all our goodies are on the donkey. So what yeah. do we say? Pass us the donkey. <laughs> we need to save the donkey. And Daryl's Druid's gone. Fuck the donkey! <laughs> pull me up, and and then we pull this up, and we've got this. And this is this is why we have an abyss donkey. It's it basically stands in a field all on its own. It's retired now, with with mad staring eyes, and and a thousand with a thousand yard stare and a really really bad twitch. And, and that that is that is the story of the abyss donkey yeah. <laughs> okay i can imagine if you take a creature like that to the the seven layers of how they're either going to be non-pussed and like oh this is just another day at the beach or no, yeah, like exactly. where <laughs> why why am i here this is not a meadow I this is just the donkey and it's the stare and it's just like standing in a field we all see it <laughs> yeah i remember i remember talking when when paul first told me about that uh, that told me that story and um, I think one of the main comments that came out of him was by the time they came out the other end the donkey was harder than the rest of the party yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it was. laughs> yeah. infinite hit dice <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the only donkey in the D&D universe that is 30th level <laughs> remember it is it's, hard it's not it is a hard donkey Here, it's not an abyss donkey it is the abyss donkey ah, yeah. 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 But that's, that's so Capital that's a. so special and, and <laughs> that's another thing that comes generationally just those stories yeah, yeah. the story because we all thought of the abyss donkey i also remember i think it was a relate ravenloft one dad you might have been saying it you know there was a witch or something in the castle and you were barricading the door and it all got a bit scooby-doo because you run around one door and it got like then you know you're barricading the door, and then the witch was in the room with you, and then you had to unbarricade <laughs> the door. Like, panic, yeah. and you had to unbarricade, and you were like, ah, and "Have, have me that chair." Here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the witch handed in the chair, and you know, like row, row. like stuff like that and we all hear about it and as you know just speaking from me that was one of the things that as i've mentioned like a broken record why i love being a dm because you know i i i and and again this is slightly tangential but it's not because we were talking about being in in a homebrew versus an already existing thing the world and the campaign that i was in or running we created ourselves. We started off in a town called Hamven with a river and uh, one of the characters have washed up on it, whatever, yada, 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 rhubarb, rhubarb. And then the rest of the world came into existence because of all of our imagination and the things that we did. The world didn't already yeah. exist. I mean, I had an idea in my head, right? Because I was like, oh, it's 
not high fantasy, kind of low medium fantasy. Like uh, one of the rules was that dragons were actually not around anymore because it was kind of an age where mm. like there had been a war and the giant like giants and dragons. There was this thing, right? And it was part of. I had a law. I had a law, yeah. but everything came from those guys, and that's part of when the the dragon, the great white dragon, Isaiah. Um, well, Ithias, sorry, Ithias, the white dragon, and, mm. and Han rode it into battle to fight against the seven, uh, the seven cities, and yeah. that didn't exist un- no. until after we did things and the and the building of New Eden, which was this rebel kind of government that is uh, you know up for the people, and what happened, and I we got there was a point where we actually kind of got really in depth and we started thinking about like taxes and it got like a bit better <laughs> but it was kind of cool because you know the characters were like oh yeah well we want to go and do this i was like well well have you where are you going to get the money what's going to happen mm. oh uh, well we're going to train the troops how are you going to afford that where are you going to get the swords you know things like that mm. that's what we did but anyway yeah. fast forward that's also one of the reasons why i love being a dm is because as previously mentioned, it's the creation of things. I mean, I'm also a musician. I like making, like, right, right? Some people like mm. that story being told to them. And, you know, Matt, as someone who's my polar opposite almost, you know, he loves sitting in there and being there and he does the thing that I love and he acts and plays the character that I love DMing. Because something that, mm. you know, we haven't mentioned yet is that one of Matt's styles, Matt really embodies the character. If that's mm, if, is that the right vocabulary, he yeah. becomes yeah. that person. If he's Isha, he speaks about his religion. Or Isha, of course, actually, what we didn't know is Isha actually became apostate. Right? Was it? Was yeah. that, is that the right word? He lost yeah. his religion yeah. in a fight. So, so yeah. So I think, as I touched on earlier, um, Isha was he, he he was a very you know he he was almost to look at he was he was described as a tower of power. So he'd be wandering around in full play, tower shield, you know, armed to the gunnels with everything. Right, but it's not it's not how you described yourself. It's how you acted in moments. It's how you decided yeah. to. Yeah, he was. He, he like I say, he was devout to the core. His deity was Pelor, uh, the, mm-hmm. the god of the sun, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. And and like mm-hmm. I say, you know. He would do th- he would do things by the book, and he would be using his divine magic all the time, and things like that. And and it came to a point when we had a, a BBG fight, big bad guy fight, and um, it basically went something along the lines of you know we're in this chamber and we're fighting these guys, we're we're fighting the bad guy, we're fighting his minions, and there's all these weird things that are happening that, in the heat of the moment, as characters, and as actually as players, we couldn't figure out straight away. However, um, Isha, as a character, was convinced that because he had done such great things to that point, that his deity would pull through for him when mm. uh, you know the magic of other characters was failing, and ultimately he, I think he cast a spell, a powerful spell, three. which backfired. <laughs> three, yeah, three spells, which backfired in a pretty epic fashion. Yeah, and so after that, yeah, I, 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 I made a point of you know when Isha came out of the battle and everything had cooled down, Isha was. He was pissed off. He was depressed. 
Uh, and he mm. was like, you know, it, it was almost like a very stereotypical scene. Like, you know, why? What? You know, why, Pelor? Why <laughs> have rain. you done this to me? <laughs> where, where, where is your grace? And, you know, all that kind of thing. And yeah, he became an apostate. He he lost his faith. And that's it. Yeah, which then actually led to between uh, Isha and Han, my granddad's character, and um, it basically led the led to them becoming like doctors and medics. And yeah, we oh, wow. we we, effect, we effectively uh, went about setting up the. Uh, the, the, the nhs within the realm you know um <laughs> free healthcare for all and yeah. you know blessed are the meek and all, all the rest of it <laughs> jokes so. those yeah. jokes the playstyles go ahead glenn i know that you were one because you were part of that yeah i've got i've got a couple of notes really um so one of the things i think didn't help with the whole isha losing his face with the, the uh, losing his faith was the fact that he actually died in that bbg battle oh that'll do um, it yeah so yeah. <laughs> and it was to his own spell as well. So the, he tries to damage the BBG first. The spell backfired and damaged him. Then he tried to heal himself and healed the BBG, who wasn't even wounded oh, okay. in the first place. Um, and then he decided it would be a really great idea to, uh, sort of following on from that, to summon an Earth Elemental, who promptly turned around and punched him in the face and yep. killed him in one hit. Um, yep. Which night, actually, night for Isha. yeah. Which actually, I think probably gives you the la- label of one hit wonder now, doesn't it? <laughs> one hit wonder. <laughs> See, this is yeah. the things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so talking about char- character immersion uh, with with all that, Matt, do you remember your Dragonborn character in the? Who doesn't? Slav, um, the sunless Sif- Slav. Yeah, <laughs> Slav was always a fun character. But but this is. But I feel um, like he's yours. This is, and this is this is a double edged um, this is a double edged thing here because I'm I'm running this game that Matt's in. You know, my my son is in. He's playing a Dragonborn character, and the the party's going around doing what they do, and they're all experienced players and. They've all got their own characters and they play their own character, which is what I said about you, Danilo, when, when we played at Fabrisham, you and mm. Ian, yeah. you, you immediately dropped into these personalities and you're, you're almost having these arguments within like <laughs> five minutes of starting a game, <laughs> and which is great. I love that. In, in character and, for the rest of you, just to, in, I'm not yeah, quite. In character, in yeah, character yeah. arguing over, um, I think, types of clothing or something at the time, <laughs> but uh, there you go. Um, but Slavs, Slav, they, they basically come across um, um, a, a young, young white dragon, which is in there. And they, they basically wanted to, uh, basically wanted to slaughter it. And, oh, I remember um, this, yeah. Slav, Slav's gone, well, no, why don't we just leave it alone? You know, dragonborn, dragon. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, no, it's evil. And he's like, how do you know it's evil? You know, have you talked to it? Have you done this? Well, of course, it's a white dragon. It's got to be evil. We're going to kill it. Yeah, rah, rah, rah. And he's like, no, no, you're not going to kill it. Yeah. And they started wailing on the, the white dragon. So Slavs turned on the party. Yeah. That, <laughs> and, 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 and to the point where they've turned on him. And I'm thinking, right, this is, this is interesting. How's this going to go? <laughs> and to the point where Slav was getting the seven shades of what name? <laughs> knocked out of him and the, and he ran away and escaped so he is now a nemesis of that party i had to bring another character you had to bring mm, another character yeah. in but he absolutely stuck to his morals mm. and he stuck to his character that's awesome and you know so as, as a oh. as a 
this is going to sound really, really quite crass but and cheesy, but as a father, to see your son sticking for his own principles mm. against all odds, that's you can't buy that. Mm. You cannot buy that. And it's at that point you think, yeah, I didn't do too bad. <laughs> yeah. But immersion in character is is great. And I think there's 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 a bit of that in all of you. You all immerse in your yeah. characters greatly. I think and I tell you what, that came and you said coming from and the generational thing. I think that's what we were saying about the the way that it all started like with, with characters like Han and Mech. Does anyone remember Mech? Yeah. Yeah, God, yeah. yeah. No, I don't yeah, I don't think you did, Glenn, because this was a Dark Sun game. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that I makes remember. sense. Dad's Dark Mech, Sun yeah. was was Mech, the the half giant, right? Yeah. And Mech was a man of fewer words. Try you know, <laughs> Han being this very yeah. wise character and, you know, all of the stuff that you mentioned, Glenn, highlighting him. Mech was Yeah. Uh okay. And and hmm. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and things. And yeah. and that came down to Dad and Tony, I think, Uncle Tony. And seeing that came down to us. And Matt, go ahead, finish your thing. I just, I just, want, I just saw that poetry, and I just wanted to comment mm. on it. The tapestry. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, yeah, and building these characters, you know, across campaigns and mm-hmm. scenarios or however long you know these things run for i mean really all i was going to add to to that bit for what dad was saying with the young white dragon was what made it even more entertaining i think actually was slav i i built i i've had some pretty uh weird and wonderful characters but i've also had some vanilla ones and slav was definitely a lot more unique because he was a dragonborn which obviously was introduced in fifth edition Mm-hmm. But when I first looked at ever playing a Dragonborn and I got my hands on the handbook for 5th edition, I made Slav as one of my first characters. And he was a Dragonborn. He was seven foot six. <laughs> he was gargantuanly tall, even yeah. for a Dragonborn. Um, he weighed almost like a shade under 200 kilos. He, you know, <laughs> if he ran at you, like yeah. he, in real life, he would flat, he would just flatten you against the wall and you would never see the light <laughs> yeah. of day. So, you know, uh, I, I made a point and with Slav, you, you know, I, I made him to be quite menacing. I, one of the things that I made with him was because he was dragonborn and obviously dragons, you know, they breathe fire, they roar. And I actually made a point Slav as an intim, like he would make an intimidation role to his opponent and he would roar. And, mm. The way I would describe it, maybe this is something that maybe a lot of younger folks may not necessarily know, but if you've ever watched the film Predator and how mm. the Predator goes hand-to-hand combat with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, it, is, it was a bit like a Predator roar. It was yeah. deafening. It was ear-splitting. And, you know, and so we all when, you know, when, when you've got this gargantuan character going against mm. his own party... Um, admittedly, admittedly, due to the luck of the dice, they they, they did beat the crap out of him. But yeah, yeah there, there was th- there was three of yeah. them. There was one of you. But yeah. you know that that's the thing. He's seven foot six, dragonborn. Blah blah. He, he only does one thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you just wind him up and point him and off he goes. Yeah, yeah. But, and, yeah. You know, and he co- he comes back a few minutes later. Yeah. Going, yeah, it's all done. Yeah. Um, and and but he was then at that particular point highly principled. Yeah highly principled and 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 that was it 
I've just got a couple of notes on the whole generational thing just to come back to is, Oh, thank goodness. um, So, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. um, It was, it, it it sort of came into mind. And when you guys were talking about Matt really getting into his character as well, it sort of reminded me about how sort of our attitudes towards gaming as well, um, sort of come down Mm -hmm. from previous generations. So like looking at like Paul was, uh, when he was playing harm was always sort of of that, you know, running away is never, you know, never um, shameful and all this sort of stuff. And I'm pretty sure Mm. John has recommend uh, John mentioning earlier, like you can run away, you know, this sort of thing. And then it comes Mm. down. We are running. You should run. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I remember I, I sort of sat in on a game with Mikey, John, matt and paul this was this was ages ago now where you guys are playing a bit of ravenloft i think and you've gone into this big manor house shortly after taking the piss out of a drawing of a statue that they you guys said looked like a chicken when it was supposed to be a dragon oh god yeah and then <laughs> matt goes into one of the side rooms to investigate on his own <laughs> i know where this is going and and he's sort of investigating the, the investigating the room and he comes to this fireplace he's like oh that's a really interesting fireplace sort of looks at the the engravings and stuff on it and all that and then the the fireplace sort of spontaneously combusts and he's sort of like huh there's a fire there's a fire elemental in yeah there. and mm. it takes yes. the form of yeah. a big old fire dragon and Ooh. yeah matt's character sort of looks up at it and goes huh he goes right roll initiative okay roll initiative i get the higher roll brilliant okay what do you do i walk out the room yeah and then close the door that's a joke that's a joke end of end of encounter <laughs> yeah. that's, that's it that's done yeah. right rip that up that's good i remember mikey in just absolute floods of tears laughing <laughs> and it was just like it was just you could see, you could see the the sort of the connection there between sort yeah. of Paul's play style and Matt's, and, yeah. but it wasn't. It was less a hoik up your skirt and run sort of thing. It was more of a, I'm just going to walk out. Nonch- the room. It was a non. It was a nonchalant walk out the room, and I shut the door behind me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing that All the right. thing there that 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 um generational thing like it's it, it's and the thing is the jokes. They aren't even in D and D. Sometimes, sometimes they'll yeah. come up in our conversation. Which is, it's like, mm. the, the, obviously, the most famous Dungeons and Dragons question is, "What do you do?" I shut the door. I shut. You know what I mean? Like, like it, 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 it came through. We were told that that was okay. You don't have to do mm-hmm. everything, and, and yep. that, mm-hmm. that another that came down to it. I've, I've, I mean, have you got something like that that runs through your campaign? Yeah. I mean, you must have. Oh, uh, yeah, many. I've. I mean. I'm just thinking of that and I've just got this image in my head of them shutting the door behind and the rest of the party being like, did you find anything good in there? No. Nah. Nah, nah, yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. I wouldn't. That's happened. Yeah. Pro- that probably happens. just leave that room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I think, I think one of my, the other famous question that has popped up in all of our D&D sessions is, uh, does it jingle? Does it jingle? Yeah. Does it jingle? <laughs> does it jingle? And there was the flow, there was the flow chart. Does it jingle? No. Go find something else and kill it. Does it jingle? <laughs> yes. Like, what, you know, like all these things. It's yeah. great. Can is you it kill it? Yes. yes. Do, kill it. Yeah, is it moving? Yeah. <laughs> so that duct, duct tape or WD-40 yes, flowchart. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. Like, does, does it, it move jingle? when it shouldn't do? Find that, something that's else. That's the yeah. standard engineer's flowchart. Does yeah. it move? Yes. I feel like we haven't touched on you. So like we kind of got an idea of like dad's playing and then Matt's play, well, playing. But Glenn, like you as a character, obviously I have this fond memory of of 
like Castan and playing. That was you as a player, but you've done more as a DM recently. Like, how has what's what did you take on and you absorbed like generate generationally as a DM versus a player? Like, because that's something that I haven't experienced from you. I've seen yeah. you as a player way more than a DM, and I just like not tangentially, but I thought it would be a cool question and tied and tying it in with the the, the title. But like, not is there anything sure. that you took as a DM? I suppose one of the things is this might be one of the areas where I don't know maybe John has had a bit more influence on me or maybe Han or something like that. I know obviously Mikey you you've sort of been into your sort of low to mid fantasy sort of stuff whereas I've more often been more inclined towards high fantasy particularly dark high fantasy as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean the fir- the first sort of fantasy stuff I got into really was Lord of the Rings. Mm. and watched the films first and then i think it was i was when we were living at little high farm i think it was that john sort of Ooh. came back with this magazine and it had a miniature of aragorn in it and i was like oh this is really cool and it was a whole lord of the ring strategy battle game stuff that that was that was games workshop yeah, yeah that was a collectible mm. yeah. um Ooh. and so i got into wargaming before i got into um, D, i think you did that's fair actually yeah you did i remember you were really into warhammer yeah, I did. I did get into Warhammer and Warhammer. And you took painting as, oh, can I? You know, Granddad used to paint miniatures and stuff like that. And out of us, you're the one that kind of passed. Um, you, you yeah, that's that. a good point. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. the one that did that because me, uh, us three, we didn't really paint. Yeah, but you, I, you're a you're you're the art like. Sorry, uh, Glenn. I yeah, mean, I mean, I don't know. I've I've I don't think I've ever asked you this question before, Glenn. But if you remember. Granddad used to not only paint miniatures, but he quite often he'd be making his own tabletop terrain as yeah. well. So you know, and he would be painting that. He'd be shaping it. He'd be using glue and applying like flock and yeah. he would hand build. He would hand yeah. Hand build stuff. He would hand build stuff. Yeah, loads and loads of stuff. And you know, I, I'm wondering because. That was about, I think, the sort of about same sort of timeline where he was doing a lot of that, and you, and you know, you got into doing the miniatures and yeah. you know collecting and you know, and eventually I dabbled in Warhammer and yeah, stuff absolutely. like that yeah. as well. Mm. So yeah, did, did did I don't know if my granddad ever you, you took maybe like a little bit of inspiration from him doing that? Did you? I, that could be correct actually, because with with me for playing D and D, I've always. I mean, when we played Mikey's campaign and stuff like that, more often than not, we had sort of drawn out maps and stuff like that. And I did start introducing some of the scenery stuff that I collected, you know, castle walls and siege towers and stuff like that. But um, as as a now a DM, I much prefer using like 3D mm. battle maps and stuff like that. So, so um, which is, yeah, John does as well, which we both, uh, John, you have a 3D printer as well. We both 3D print our own scenery and terrain so i think that's probably a a generational element as well because you know with paul Mm -hmm. making his own scenery and then john you've also created your own scenery even before you got a 3d printer i remember you doing about big um making big wooden boards for wargaming up for the scout hut Mm. yeah i did yeah and yeah now we both 3d print our own scenery that's, and terrain. That's so cool. I just thought about that and I just got all these memories back. And I remember depending on what was going to happen that week or what I thought could happen, because mm. uh, planning as a DM, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
what's that? Um, <laughs> which is another thing as well. The improvisation. Granddad taught me a lot about improvisation, yeah. and so did you, Dad. Mm. Um, but the minute, Glenn, I was always like, Glenn, have you got this? <laughs> Glenn, have you got like a siege tower or something, Glenn? Yeah. Oh, Glenn, yeah. have you got like a big orc? Glenn, do you do you have a wolf? Glenn, do you have a dragon? Yeah. Glenn, do you have a tree? You know, and that was I remember that because we borrowed a whole bunch of Granddad's old stuff, right? Yeah. When he, I mean, because he had it, he st- he never got rid of it. Yep, that's something that passed down to us. Yep, using mm. things and the verse, like my Granddad was great because he he shared that miniature stuff, but he also told me that you can run a game with just a set of dice, a piece of paper yes. and, mm-hmm. and, and just the two of you. And like he, he said, you know, you, you especially dad, like me and you having that one-on-one, a lot of people will think mm-hmm. that if you look at, not, not that I'm really into it, but if I, if I said modern D and D, you look at the critical role, or if you see it on big yeah. bang theory, there's always these, it's, it's, it's tying into your show production. It's a production, right? Yeah. You did. But, um, we uh, something that passed on to me the re- one, and it's not that i'm not into it but it doesn't light my fire in the same way yeah. that just having an amazing story between two people and a set of dice in your imagination i i have i have actually gamed with your granddad when we worked up in london um, we worked one of these flats and we effectively stayed up there the whole time because it was a lot easier and cheaper than coming backwards and forwards. So once you stop, you had to stop work at four o'clock. So we'd stop work, we'd have something to eat. We'd maybe go down the pub for a beer or something like that. And then we'd come back at, you know, sort of seven, half seven and what have you. And you've got nothing to do for the evening. And I can actually remember with your granddad, my dad, having these one-to-one gaming sessions without even rolling dice. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about a lot over several hours mm. so you don't need all the scenery no but it helps i think it also is is a generational thing for the games themselves because they've gone from being you know if you go back to second edition we used to draw hand draw the maps and it was the flat map that's that's more my thing that you were saying because, right? I was because just then it. you've got you've got ranges of spells and you've got areas of effect of spells so you kind of need that to, to see where it's going and then it kind of went away from that a little bit and then with fourth edition, that was very tactical. So it brought back, it brought them back, and now fifth edition again is 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 kind of going in that direction. Mm-hmm. And with with you know, as, as Glenn will attest to, the amount of scenery you can get for three D printers is phenomenal, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. And you can you know, if you if your printer's working fine, which is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. don't talk to me about Speaking that because my one is over there gathering dust. Yeah. So don't even. <laughs> my, mine's behind me. And it's, it's not moved in a while. That's a whole new rabbit hole. Yeah, I've actually just got um, mine up and but, running again. <laughs> Hey, oh, you can come do um, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can print. You can print off everything you want. Um, and you know, it's there's your generation. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of yeah. generation. Not, not even the us. Game itself. Not even us. Yeah. Like, mm. like the game in general. The game. You yeah. said. Remember yeah, yeah, what yeah. that red box. 
that red box didn't mm. have ballistas and siege towers yeah. and giant things. Yeah. Uh, but and mm. but now the people that see it, once they are attracted to what they see, and of course, like the internet, TV, mm. movie, like someone that I've got a student. So the school I work at, a young student who just graduated, he was talking to me about Dungeons and Dragons, how he wanted to play with his friends. I was like, Shh, yeah, get on there, mate. You know, and he's yeah. talking about how he wants this and he wants that, and he got he's got this, he's got that, and he's going through this shopping list. And I'm like, God, my brain. Just not that I, um, because of, of course he's great, but and not that I thought oh, you don't need that in a, in a derogatory or a, a shameful yeah. way. But I was not taught that. I was like, you don't need all that. You just you like get your paper, you get your paper, your pencil, your dice, and use everything else. And yeah, and, and I just thought about that. And there's not even a big generational gap between me and him. He's only ten years my junior. Yeah, so uh, I mean, kind of connecting in with what you were saying, and and obviously the topic of, of generations. Um, I want to I want to put a slightly different spin on 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 this bit that I'm about to say because I think this was actually quite as, as part of my D and D career. I thought this was actually quite poignant. But when um, Elder Scrolls Skyrim came out, yeah. um, you know, we're talking back. I mean, I think it was 2011 it was released. Um, uh, obviously Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls is its own, you know, it's, it's its own game. It has its own universes, etc. But for me, I always looked at it as being, you know, heavily based on or, you know, developed on from something like D&D. And what I actually noticed when that game came out and subsequently in like the, the couple of years after that, um, everybody was sitting there, like who who had no interest in in fantasy whatsoever, or or D anD D or anything yeah, like totally that. I've never heard yeah. of it before. And that, all of a sudden, they're coming at me and like, oh, Matt, 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 have you um, you know, have you have you played Skyrim? Have you done this? Have you done that? Have you looked into this? And they start ranting at you at, at me, <laughs> and like, oh, have you done this? Have you done that? Or do you understand how that? How does that work? And I'm just like. Yeah, dude, I understand pretty much all of it. I've been playing yeah, we do it. since we do it since before it was cool. <laughs> do not cite the old magic to me. Yeah, do not, yes, yes. Dude, yes. Uh, but yeah. but the thing was, it it genuinely shocked me as to how much influence something like that had, and then all of a sudden, in like I say, in the years following that, 2012, 2013, and beyond, there just seemed to be it. it kind of, I I, I think. Personally, for me, I think it kind of kickstarted, like you know, that that sort of new wave of 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 yeah, players no, coming coming in cry. and actually to to the fantasy genre and um, you know learning about not only Elder Scrolls but you know then what came after it, Dungeons and Dragons, and then you know I noticed all these little things like you know they played Skyrim, they played so many hours of Skyrim, Watched you know, they Game got of the characters. Friends. They watched. Mm, they Game started watching Game of Thrones. They people started watching Lord of the Rings. People started, you know, actually looking at the Dungeons and Dragons movies. Mm -hmm. ha have you seen this? Have you heard God about this? Uh, yeah. You know, or yeah. I watched this the other day. It was awesome, and I, my response was the same. Not the not the, not the first D and D movie. That wasn't awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not well. Saying, yeah. yeah, I suppose. I, yeah, there's been many iterations of the D and D oh, movie. I don't I know. Suppose, I like that's I enough like, fantasy like, for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I I think I think that was really interesting to experience it firsthand as a youngster myself and as a teen, well, a teenager myself, and you know, people of my age all of a sudden have just got this wave of people coming in and actually being exposed to it. 
I, th- I think that was pretty awesome. And then you find that we're the old guard. You find that uh, <laughs> I, I try and not be like a the quote unquote gatekeeper. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, oh, well, you weren't there when whatever. But sorry, Glenn, go ahead. <laughs> That's right. Again, was going to make a, another brief note on the whole generational thing. Again, just more things that have popped to mind, really, is my wife started playing D&D with myself and Mikey. So she she came in sort of maybe, what, three or four games into our campaign? Yeah, it wasn't that long until we mm. got her in. And yeah, basically, it was um, the conversation basically went something like, oh, where are you going tonight? Oh, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons with my stepbrother. And she was like, you play Dungeons and Dragons? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, I've always wanted to play it. Oh, my mum played it back way back when, when it first came out. <laughs> and yeah. so again, more generational stuff sort of merging. But I think as well on, on that as well is where I've been doing my homebrew campaign. One of my friends, oddly enough, who's just turned up in my back garden. So I'll be going to see him when this is finished. <laughs> but has a, what, eight, nine-year-old daughter now. And I got him playing Dungeons and Dragons like a few years ago. Uh, he came and joined in the ca- the homebrew campaign that I'm running. And, um, oh, it's his girlfriend's son that he's he started playing with. So, again, so from there, because I've introduced my mate to it, he's now teaching. Mm. You are now that, yeah, just like Danilo was saying about the ABCs <laughs> yeah. and everything. You are now doing that. You, <laughs> you brought them our red box or dad's red box. What was your Danilo? What was your red box? Because we always in our family we call it the red box, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. Danilo, yeah. what was your red box? I'm gonna sound awfully millennial despite not being a millennial. <laughs> but uh my red box was fifth edition, and I've I have said this anecdote before on the show, but I think I'd put it plainly, found myself between partners, so I had a bit more spare time on my hands and was living with a friend of mine at the time and randomly just keeps upstairs and was randomly poking my head at the bottom of the stairs and says, Simon. You ever wanted to you ever wanted to play D and D before? And his head pokes around the top of the stairs. And he was like, "Hell yeah! <laughs> do you want to like? Are we starting tomorrow? Like, when are we playing? <laughs> uh, Let's do this!" And and I, I still play in. Uh, I'm about to start DMing the the game that oh, we play awesome. together now. And that was like seven, eight years ago, yeah. and we still play now mm, to this that's day. Cool, man. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So yes, as I said, first generation. Yeah. TTRPG are in this family. Do you, do you have an abyss donkey? <laughs> oh, yeah, Come on, man. Yeah, what's like? What's yours? What's what's your abyss donkey? We, yeah. we have. It's it's a very recent one, but it will one that will persist as it is already persisting. But uh, I I was I've been playing my wizard now. Uh, must have been three years. As time is fast, and I'd find I've been building up to this nice build, and his whole thing was like risk averse because I'm risk averse, mirroring on to the whole your characters are a mirror of yourselves kind of thing so it's always blink mage armor mirror image magic missile i don't want to roll any dice i just want to be safe and deal with <laughs> damage Ooh. so then I, I was building up to like clone and contingency and having ways to basically never die because uh, that's how he wanted to be um along that path was like you could have a homunculus and in a, a moment of failing improvisation my improvisation role they were like oh what are you going to call this this creature and my character is quite pragmatic so he was just like i don't know we're just going to call it the homunculus capital t capital h so then that is now 
the meme it's like the homunculus the <laughs> homunculus <laughs> is doing this the homunculus and it with like such a reverence almost despite being like this weird gross cherub flying around without really a soul it's like oh the homunculus wills it do we will of course we'll do what he wants us to do and unfortunately uh, that party and that group they all had a, a tpk essentially and we're now ah. in the process of wrapping up that campaign with like their friends or their family as to <laughs> As amalgams or you know simulcrums of those characters, just to kind of give the campaign its end. And the, the homunculus is twin brother. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm st still a wizard. Uh, but then I, I wanted to try a necromancy build, so I've I've kind of fudged a way of, of getting like eight zombies and skeletons to come to come with my my new wizard, nice. and they're just known as the entourage. <laughs> the entourage, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. gonna be great. Yeah, nice. So there's always something with with my characters. It's like the, the. that's now they're like Dude, that's their awesome. tag along. That's awesome. <laughs> so this, I'm going to take this generational thing one step further, and this is just sprung to mind. So I used to game with the Salt Marsh Six AD and D Second Edition. My dad would be the DM. He always yeah, I'm sat around with all my friends and my granddad, your great granddad, was staying with us and he actually joined in wow. several, several games. Hmm. He didn't really have a clue what he was doing, but he sat there and he joined in and he, he had a character sheet. He painted the dwarf. Um, he had a hearing aid which used to feed back every now and then, one of the old fashioned hearing aids. So it would, so he was, he was the whistling dwarf. <laughs> and yeah. um, so my granddad actually played. So that is, that's four generations. Oh, that's nuts. Four generations, only three in any one session, yeah. but, but four. Uh, he didn't play, he didn't play a lot, but yeah, he was, he was there. I think that's actually really, really interesting to know because even though I, I do remember Big granddad i i didn't actually realize he'd actually joined in on a couple of games no, um, but no you say he was you say he was the whistling dwarf he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's kind of appropriate i think because obviously like big granddad he used to be a stoker in the navy so obviously yeah. he'd be he'd be stoking the the boilers and that on the ships and that and obviously what the boilers have Whist safety yeah. valves Whist and they yeah. you know safety yeah, valves yeah. whistle it's kind of cool yeah, he's, 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 he's the whistling flying. dwarf from the Navy. <laughs> so four, four, four generations there, four generations. And with the, and with the Dungeons and Dragons ABC book, <laughs> <laughs> my granddaughter will be, will become part of our little plan. <laughs> Excellent. The master together. plan. <laughs> yes. A plan to yes. take over never, the world. Never ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't think there, to be honest, of a better place to end it on this topic of, of generations. Oh, here we no, go. No, no, here no, we no, go. Okay. It's always one. one. I, just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to say one more thing that my granddad said. And I wanted to save it till the end because it is something that I think is a great way to end. He said you don't beat D&D. But if you're still talking about it years and years and years later, then you've won. And mm -hmm, it was yeah. just something that I thought that we're doing right now and you're sharing. And I just wanted to make sure that that was kind of at the end. And you're right. It's a perfect way to end. Thank you, Danilo. I'll let you go. Back. Mm. Sorry. No, no. All I wanted to say is obviously I've done this show for a long relative time in the world of content creation. I've had, had several guests and people from all sorts of walks of life and different levels of experience and whatnot, but never once have I had the opportunity to host a kind of this familiar thing. And I'm so stoked to be 
you know to have been able to facilitate such an awesome kind of sincere life history for you guys is is fantastic like I'm, I'm, i feel myself getting a little bit emotional i never once thought when i when i when i started doing the show would i ever be you know being able to kind of go on this journey with people such as yourselves and and have such a storied history and so many anecdotes and stuff it's fantastic uh so yeah i all i can say is that's such a great way to to end the show thank you all thank you. Thank for, you. For, for coming on and, and sharing i would say is there anything you want to shout to high heavens promote share with with don't, everybody don't let the drummer talk, let the drummer talk. <laughs> i i am i have started i've got a little instagram page oh. a little, little instagram page um double fox gaming and um i'm going to be doing some videos i've already i've already done a few but i need to look at them and edit them and get over my self-consciousness um mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at um, looking at putting out some some videos, and I actually did a live Instagram podcast, real story. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. I, I'm, I'm techophobic, um, but th that was um, for autistics, oh, amazing and ADHD, and their connection with gaming and why game why they game, mm -hmm. you know, and and what they get from it. So uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm working on a working on a little something. So watch this space. Maybe maybe I'll interview you, Danilo. <laughs> I'd love uh, hap happily, please. <laughs> uh, you're, you're more au fait with Instagram than I am. So don't like you're not a technophobe. I don't know how it works. So you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're I don't know. Ahead. I just push the buttons until it does what I wanted to do. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I don't. I don't, I don't have really an awful lot to add, but I mean, actually, funny you should say that, Dad, because uh, you say about autistics and ADHD. Um, I am actually high-functioning autistic. That would be a very interesting thing to, to to look at. For anybody, I mean, for anybody who's watching this, if you if you haven't come across D and D, or you're thinking about getting into D and D, a hundred percent do it because you will have, if you've got a good DM, you will have, and good friends, or or even just a a good group even if you do, they're not your friends but you will have a brilliant laugh um it's a great way to let loose and honestly i think you will have nothing but a good times and good memories out of it it is a hundred percent worth playing and and yeah. as we've discussed you know it it will <laughs> for a lot of people carry on through the generations mm. so a hundred percent go out and find the homunculus that you <laughs> find your homunculus, homunculus, man. Your homunculus. <laughs> find your go, homunculus go. is going to be on a poster in my bathroom <laughs> like, you go, know, yeah. have, have you seen this homunculus <laughs> can you but, even spell yeah. homunculus <laughs> oh that's and uh, uh, thank you danilo for having us on this has been really yeah, cool thank you Thank, Thank you, you. Danilo. My pleasure. As always, all the links to everything will be in the episode description, including John's Instagram, which I encourage everyone to go and check out. All that's left to say is one final thank you to my guests. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers, Danilo. Appreciate it, man. Been a privilege. Next time. Thank you to Thank everyone you. for listening at home. As usual, like, comment, subscribe, and all the other weird internet things that people ask you to do. And. Good night. Bye. Good night. See Bye. you later. And now it's time for the Patreon shout-outs. Huge thank you to all my patrons, starting with Josh, Lewanika, and Glenn, the three fabulous hosts of Tabletop Journeys who've been on the show several times before and who I'll always invite back. So go check out Tabletop Journeys at ttjourneys.com or at ttjourneys on Twitter. 
We also have Joe from the Fourth Leg podcast, a podcast all about giving DMs another leg to stand on. Again, previous guests of the show, and I thoroughly encourage you to go and check out their great content. So you can find them at the Fourth Leg on Twitter. We have a good friend of the show, Optional Rule. You can go and find him out on optionalrule.com or at Optional Rule, full of very insightful and educated comments and thoughts and threads on the really nitty gritty of D&D. We have, what a guy, Matthew Perkins, who is just out there in the world trying to make you laugh. So go and check him out at matthewperkins.net or at hey, it's Matty P, M-A-T-T-Y-P. And good friend of the show and one of my table mates, Matthew Street. Go and check out his partner's hustle at virtualtimehustle.com or at mpstreet88 on Twitter.